Welcome to Express, the podcast for brands. I'm your host, Dr. David Kippen, CEO and Chief Strategist at Aviva. Last week, we looked at how you build a playbook, the strategy document that pulls consumer insight together and provides the foundation for creative development. Well, this week, we'll look at creative concepts. I've always struggled with this phrase. In the first place, creative concept seems like an oxymoron. I mean, aren't all concepts creative? And isn't all creative conceptual? Well, there's a reason you need both these words, which I won't bore you with. It's just what these things are called. But you can see why, from a client's perspective, they're tricky. If you follow Mad Men, you may think you get what concepts are. The client team's in a conference room. Peggy pulls up some nice picture with a word or two on it. Then Don Draper tells a story about what they're seeing, and that changes everything. Or it blows up. Either way, when folks outside our industry think of concepts, if they think of them at all, that's probably more or less what they have in mind. The reality, though, is a lot more work. Every concept has three parts. You can visualize it as sort of a triangle. There's a big idea at the top of the triangle. That's the problem the brand has to solve, the space it has to occupy in your mind, the thing it has to stand for. At another point of the triangle is the copy, which is the headline, the subhead, and sometimes body copy that tells the story. And at the third point of the triangle is the art, or the visual. That's because, and and this is simple, but it's really important, Unlike fine art, commercial art has a job to do. If you've been listening to this podcast for the past few episodes, you know the job of a brand is to make people take selective action. Brand creative is where that happens. So if you're swept away by a beautiful picture or a funny phrase, that could be a very good thing or a very bad thing. It's good if it helps the brand. It's bad if it gets in the way. So, in a way, great creative is kind of like shoulder pads in a great suit. They're only doing their job if you don't notice them. Instead, you see someone who looks great because they're wearing a great suit. And that's the point. Concepts are the final stage in brand expression. They're where logic meets magic. I didn't think of that. I wish I had, but the phrase belongs to Alfredo Muccino, the creative director over at Liquid. Sorry, Alf. Hope you don't mind. So, how do you get a creative concept? Well, I asked our creative director, the brilliant Amo Bassan, to blog about the process, and he did. I asked him to join me here, but Amo hates his voice recorded, so he asked me to share his thoughts instead. But first, let me introduce him properly. Amo is Aviva Brand's creative director. I think of him as our director of creation. Sounds better. That means he looks after the company's creative team and their output. Amos worked with a bunch of top agencies in the UK, in the US, and in France, working on print and digital projects for Apple, Depeche Mode, O2, Casio, among a whole load of others. And Amo, I think, is unique in his passion for typography and type design. And um, he lives in Edinburgh. Our creative team sits in Edinburgh. And here's what he had to say. It all starts with a brief. The whole project team gets together. It's the most crucial part of the process, and it has to start off on the right foot. A brief can take many forms. At worst, it's a purely functional one-page Word doc laid out like this. This is the client. This is the problem we need to solve. Here are some current work examples. Here are the brand guidelines. These are the timings. But that's pretty dull, and it's not how we do it here. Of course, our brief does contain functional information, but overall, it's more like a bespoke presentation, and no two are the same. 
We use music and video to inspire and describe the overall feeling we want to achieve, and we also share this with our clients, even when they won't make an appearance in the final creative. Once we're happy that we have everything we need to start, the creative process can kick off. So, we're out of the blocks. Now what? Well, if you're a creative director, obviously it's time to make your colleagues nervous by disappearing, playing games, standing in the corner of the room, or hiding in the pub nursing a Guinness. There's a reason for this. I'm nervous too. Remember, this is Ammo speaking. We're having to prove our right to exist as an agency all over again, and we want to do justice both to our clients and to our colleagues. To make things even more interesting, we never reuse old creative concepts. There's no lucky dip bin called, we'll reuse these one day. So everything has to start fresh. So with that in mind, I'm back at my desk playing Berlin 82. It's a video game and it's pretty cool. Check out Ammo's blog post on the website if you want to play. I'm doing one thing and thinking about another. It's my way of dissecting the brief in my head and slowly gravitating toward the most interesting words or the points that really stuck out of the brief. Note, this isn't forcing yourself to create, it's setting yourself up to create in the right way for that particular project. At the same time, I'm working with the copywriter to make sure that we end up with a unified concept or concepts. Art doesn't follow copy or vice versa. These keywords will become benchmarks that I'll refer to when thinking about concepts. For example, a key requirement in a recent brief was, we want people to opt in or opt out when they see the campaign, which sounds like almost every campaign objective. But in this case, we interpreted that request to create a design that looked like a blank square, but it was an optical illusion. Those with the patience to take a closer look got the message and opted in. Those that didn't naturally opted out. It was completely at odds with what the client had previously done or what others were doing, and that's what we aim to do. This brings up an important question of taste. We don't have or want a house style. Everything we do reflects our company, and when you put all our work together, there is a definite thread that runs through it that represents from project to project our curiosity, our love of words as shapes too, typography, and color combinations. As we're working, we're aware that whatever concept is chosen will have to live across a range of media and platforms. If you're going to work on something for a year or two, you can't box it into a strict style, so we always try and build in some flexibility, a way to keep the concept interesting for us, and more importantly, for the client and the target audience. This can be achieved through something as simple as an extensive color palette, or slightly more complicated, a graphic system that's reconfigurable every time without losing its meaning. Once we complete a concept, we adjust it to align with the benchmarks we've chosen. That still doesn't mean we're done. We have other benchmarks, too. Our brand, insight, and strategy heads, David, Kate, and Stephen, review the work to confirm that it accurately reflects the most salient points of their brand work to date. Assuming the message is clear and on target for each of the three criteria, the creative decisions rest with creative. If the concepts fly, we'll work them up to a standard that's representative of the final creative, knowing there will be some fine-tuning to do in the production phase. Enter the client. This is the Don Draper moment you've been thinking of. We normally present three concepts that sit on a scale of easy to love, a real stretch, and a Goldilocks offer in the middle. We don't ever want to make clients uncomfortable, 
That said, we do want to gauge their appetite for change. That's why we'll push the boat out much further from the shore than they might initially like, but we'll also work hard to present another concept that feels familiar, and a third enhanced one that sits more or less between the two, the Goldilocks. The key here is to present only designs we'll be happy to work on, therefore there's no reason to push a particular favorite on a client. This approach gives the client a choice of concepts along with a conceptual and visual range. And along the way, we'll share our sketches so clients can see how we arrived at a particular solution. And if there were any bumps, as we were figuring things out, how we overcame them. We always prefer to present clients face-to-face because concepts still need those Don Draper moments. They still need somebody to advocate for the job the art is trying to do, and make sure that that comes through. That's about it. At Aviva, we never set out to find an easier templated method to get things done, and that approach has both enlightened and infuriated us, and I guess it'll continue to do so. And that's the end of Amo's post. What you can't see is that he's illustrated this with a series of pint glasses being drained along the way. So logic meets magic at the bar. I get it. Cheers, Amo. And thanks a lot for listening to Express. This month, we've looked at each stage of brand expression. Next month, we'll start looking at what we call impression. That's where your brand goes out into the wild, starts making friends, getting feedback, and hopefully making people take action. I hope you'll join me. Again, we want this to be useful, so whether you love it, hate it, whatever, give us the gift of feedback at express at evivabrands.com. That's E-V-V-I-V-A, then the word brands.com. And if you want to see Amos post, visit the same website and click on blogs.